0: Do you look at your mountain of goals and feel stuck? Or
1: have you already achieved great things, and yet you know there's still more?
0: Then you've come to the right place.
1: We're here to offer practical tools and tangible strategies to change your mindset.
0: And challenge you to produce a life beyond the norm. I'm Nate. I'm Laura.
1: Welcome to the Transcendence Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Transcendence podcast as we dive into the Enneagram and the different types of the Enneagram and the different personality types and how we like to use this as a tool for self-awareness, self-improvement, self-development of really finding out where you're at and how to get better. If you guys aren't familiar with the Enneagram, make sure to go back a few episodes. We have an episode just on what is the Enneagram. Today, we're gonna be talking about type five. There's nine types total. Laura, tell us a little bit about what does it mean to be a type five?
0: Yeah, so the type five is called the investigator. They are described as intense thinkers, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. They are alert, insightful, and very curious. Um, Their basic fear is being useless, helpless, or incapable. Their basic desire is to be capable and competent. Um, Their key drivers and motivations are they want to possess knowledge. Um, They want to understand their environment in which they are in. They want to have everything figured out as a way of defending themselves from their environment. So they want to be very protective over themselves. Nate, why don't you tell us a little bit about their deadly sin?
1: So the deadly sin for a type five, the thing you need to watch out if you're a type five or if you're close friends with a type five, you can call them out on it as long as Mm -hmm. they're willing to be called out. Um, But the thing you got to watch out if you're a type five is greed Mm -hmm. and greed can be seen in different ways. It's not always with money. Um, It could be with your resources. It could be with your time. But you're very greedy as to what you have. Um, So with greed also comes hoarding. Sometimes you hold on to things too long. You keep things too long and you keep too much of it when you could give some out. And some of that is their knowledge. Yeah. Sometimes they like to keep their safety net to remain the expert in the room as opposed to sharing their knowledge when they can create something great for the world.
0: And I think some of that can come from their independence because they kind of, they're the type to create a life for themselves. And I think that's why they get so possessive or greedy over what they have because they got it and they have it and they don't want to lose it because they've worked hard for it.
1: Yeah. Fives create their own lives and they take pride in the fact that they don't rely on anybody. Yeah. They want to rely on themselves solely and oftentimes are actually detached from community or uh, relationships or connection with other people a Mm -hmm. lot of times.
0: So next, I want to read an excerpt from The Road Back to You by Ian Cron, and this is on the chapter all about the type five, and it's called What It's Like to Be a Five. It says, I can take care of myself, and I think others could do the same. I need time alone. I can't understand why people get together just to hang out. I'm a listener, and sometimes I think I should be more generous, but it's hard for me.
1: Yeah, with type fives, you're going to see a lot of them in history be inventors or people that are known for their ability to learn more, their ability to listen, their ability to take in information. Mm -hmm. Some of the most well-known type fives are going to be people like Albert Einstein or Bill Gates or Stephen King or Stephen Hawking. You're going to see a lot of people in the science field, um, some in the book field where they're they're authors, they're writing books. Um, But a lot of them, anywhere they can take in information and become an expert at something. Yeah. Now, type fives can be very different when you're looking at their wings. When you look at a five wing four and a five wing six, they're going to be very different. So Laura, tell us about those differences.
0: Yeah. So the five wing four is called the iconoclast and the five wing six is called the problem solver. So let me just get into the five wing four first. Um, They're the imaginative and creative type. They're more openly caring for others, even though they're not going to be like your two where they, you know... Go out of their way all the time, but they're going to be out of both spectrums. They're going to be more openly, openly caring to other people. They're aware of their own feelings, and yes, they feel different because you know they get that from their four. But they're not going to flaunt it in the same way that a pure, you know, one hundred percent type four would. As far as your five wing six, the problem solver, they're less warm and empathetic. They're going to be a little bit colder. Um, These types they don't place importance on their feelings. So they're going to try to just avoid it. And, you know, they're not, they're not not—they're not your emotional type. Um, they're more detached from relationships and they're going to be the ones to kind of sit back. And like I read from that um, excerpt earlier, they're going to be the ones that are, they don't understand why people just get together to hang out. They also are interested in the practical matters of life. So basically you're five on four, they're more creative, they're melancholic, and they're able to address one's feelings. Whereas your five-wing six, they're going to be more skeptical and less participating and less open to new relationships.
1: Yeah, and just as different as the the wings are, the, the types are completely different. And this is where you're going to see people that you didn't even think would be the same personality mm-hmm. type before taking this test. You're going to be like, how are they both fives? Right. But when you look at a social five, for instance, and for those of you guys are just now um, jumping on, you know, the social the subtypes are broken down into social, intimate and the self-preservation. So the social subtype for a type five is going to be the ones that focus on the big questions in Mm -hmm. life. These are the ones that actually do like communicating with others, but they like communication in a way where they get to talk about their ideals, their high level ideals or high level thinking. And they get to talk about these like philosophical type questions. And try to determine answers for these. They're not really building a deep connection with people, an emotional connection. They're actually very detached from their emotion and really just like to talk about the facts, just like to talk about the science behind Mm -hmm. things, you know, the math behind things. And that's why you see a lot of them become these inventors and these people that have created great things in the math and science world. These people are pursuing wisdom and knowledge first. So unlike other fives, these fives are going to have the highest level of energy and the highest level of enthusiasm, especially when they're talking about these subjects. When you can spark a conversation on something that interests them, they will jump right in and come in with yeah, full Yeah, they get energy. passionate. Now, the intimate type five are going to be the ones that actually, again, prefer one-on-one communication. These are going to be the ones that actually do feel more. Um, they have more emotion. They'll also suffer more from pain because they're not detached from their emotions. A lot of these are actually 5 link fours because they're the ones that are in tune with their emotions. They're ones that do feel. They're not the ones that try to push them to the side. The intimate type fives are actually going to dream more, though. They're, they're going to be the ones that spend more time in their imagination and their creativity. Again, why you see them mainly as 5 wing fours, rather than spending in the facts or the science behind things. They will get caught up in the fantasies of life hmm. and in their own imagination. Now, the self-preservation fives are going to be probably your most stereotypical five, And honestly, where most of your fives are probably going to fall into, um, because these are the ones that like to be on their own. These are the ones that like to be self-reliant. They don't want to be dependent on anybody else. They're oftentimes going to establish a safety place, Um, whether it's a mental safety place or even a physical safety place where they have their resources. They try to minimize their needs. So they, they only really get what they absolutely need unless it's something that interests them. And they like to make sure they always have that safety net to retreat back to.
0: And I feel like part of that could actually be stemming from how they were raised and that need to find safety.
1: And that's actually a great transition right into our groupings, because when you're looking at their intelligence center, it's paired up with the the fives, the sixes and the sevens all want the same thing. Their common emotion that they all have is fear, and they all are looking for security and safety and stabilization something that they can fall back on as a safety net and as a security in their life. Now, fives deal with fear different than sixes and sevens. And next week we'll talk about the six and following week about the seven and how they deal with fear. But fives, they deal with fear by retreating. And that's where they like to actually have that physical safety place where they're alone Mm -hmm. Um, because they like to retreat into their mind. They like to stay in their imagination. They oftentimes find the need to master something that way they can know that they're competent in that level, right. in that area. They like to know that they are a master of that craft because then their competency, one of their you know major desires mm-hmm. and one of their major fears is being incompetent and not be able to live up to expectations or not be able to live up to their own expectation mm-hmm. of being a master of something. So that's why they oftentimes just dive into their mind, dive into their study. And you're going to see a lot of these types, um, the sixth. The five, six, and sevens are all going to spend a lot of time in their head. They're going to create a lot of scenarios in their head. For fives, it's wisdom and knowledge. Um, For sixes, you're going to see they're going to create scenarios of safety. And sevens is a a huge imagination um, and a very scattered imagination a lot of times. But we'll get more of those next week. Now, you're going to also see that these are going to be the most scholarly. They're going to be the most self-reliant. They're going to be the most respectful. But they're also going to be the most detached, the most isolated, And the most overly intellectual, where they're overanalyzing things instead of just analyzing them to the point where they need to.
0: We hope you are enjoying this Enneagram series. In a better effort to serve you guys, our listeners, we would love to have you send in any questions that you might have regarding the Enneagram, whether it be about your type, maybe which number is most compatible with yours, or maybe a topic that we haven't quite covered yet.
1: After this 10-week series, we're going to be doing a Q&A episode on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're sending in all your questions through our DMs on Instagram. Now, next, jumping into the Harmonic group, how they actually deal with conflict, they do this very similar to the ones and the threes. If you remember the ones and the threes, if you listen to the previous episodes, you're going to know that these are the competency group. They all look for levels of competency to deal with conflict and to basically deny their emotions and to distract themselves from their emotions. For ones, that's correctness. You know, they want to be correct for threes. That was efficiency. But for fives, it's becoming an expert or having all the information. They manage their feelings by staying detached. And they and they'd rather instead of feel the emotions in their heart, they'd rather stay in their head and their own imagination.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You know, they oftentimes reject the system of working as a team and doing things step by step. And fives oftentimes work better with just a deadline. Because they're going to get it done in their own time and their own pace, and they're going to do it well. Um, but it works better if you're if you're leading a five. Just give them a deadline, give them a deadline, and maybe a check-in point halfway. Right. and they're going to do a lot better than if you try to micromanage their day-to-day. Now, for fives, you deny your emotions. That's one thing that that's your safety net is you deny your emotions by staying in your mind. You can't deny your emotions because if they never get addressed, they're going to haunt you. It's the same thing we talked about with the three. When you deny your emotions, they're going to hold you back from being as highly productive as you can be. So address your emotions. Don't get caught up in studying more to try to avoid sadness or try to avoid anger or try to avoid fear. Next is the horny being group. And they share this with the fours and the nines. This is how you work with others to get what you want and get what you desire and the fours, fives and nines are all part of the withdrawal group, which we talked a lot about last week, where they oftentimes to get what they want, withdraw from people in hopes of gaining something for fours. That was attention. We talked about that last week. They withdraw from people hoping they're going to get the people's attention and going to feel needed and and listened to and heard. The so five's going to detach from people to draw into their own mind, to draw into their own security, because it's a way that they can get away from people. They'd rather just rely on themselves. So they figure if they can withdraw from people and get out of the team environment, they can get it done because they're only self-reliant fives. Try to be present. Do not get lost in your own thoughts because oftentimes it stops you from actually acting Mm -hmm. on those thoughts. A lot of fives get too caught up in preparation and they get paralyzed by perfection when they can just actually act on something. And you'll see when we talk about healthy and unhealthy and average, the ones that achieve great things, the Bill Gates, you know, the Albert Einstein, the Stephen Hawking, the Stephen King, those people that achieve great things are people that had a great imagination, had a lot of wisdom, had a lot of intelligence and acted on it. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the big difference from average to healthy when you're talking about a five. So jumping into health levels, a healthy five what it means to be healthy and again this is going to be your scale that's going to change on a day-to-day basis. Like we said before in previous episodes, your types probably never going to change, your subtypes probably never going to change, your your wing is probably never going to change, but your health level will change on a day-to-day basis. For a healthy 5, it's about becoming a visionary. It's about making pioneering discoveries, making a new discovery that can make the world better. You're hyper independent and you're going to become a master the difference of a healthy eight and an unhealthy eight, we see their growth numbers actually leaning towards an eight where they become really self-confident and they become really decisive. They can make decisions quickly and they can act quickly on their ideas. An average five is gonna be the ones that are paralyzed by perfection, the ones that are paralyzed by preparation where they're trying to over-prepare or trying to take something too far and they actually stop what they're doing. They're gonna start to become detached and get lost in their their imagination. They're going to become lost in their thoughts. They're going to be, as a lot of Enneagram coaches call it, stuck in their head. And that's why they're one of the head types. They're going to be stuck in their head. They're never going to address their feelings. They're never going to act on what they want to do. They're never going to want to change anything because those come from sadness. Those, comes from ang- those come from anger. And they're never going to address things because that comes from fear. Now, an unhealthy type five are going to be the ones that detach so much that they're basically a lone wolf. They don't have very many connections to people. They put up an extreme guard in front of them. They don't want to talk to people. They don't want to work with people. And they become so independent that they don't work in a team very well. And nowadays, you still have to be able to work in a team. Right. Whether you work in a team in a different capacity than somebody else, you still have to be able to jump in and help out a team. Their stress number is actually going to be the seven. So they're going to have the negative traits of a seven where they're going to become very scattered and they're going to become very indecisive. Laura, give us a few personal growth tips of how a five can become better.
0: Yeah. So learn to notice when you're thinking and speculations take you out of the experience. I think it can be easy for fives, like we've been talking about this whole episode, being so in their head that they become detached from the physical. And I think it's very important to remember where you are, you know, don't get so wrapped up in your mind, whether it be with your family, with your spouse, you know, in your job, don't get so wrapped up in your thoughts that you become completely detached from your physical surroundings.
1: And not only from your physical surroundings, but detached from your emotions. Yeah. When we say that a five becomes detached from emotion, it's not even the ones that we don't want to feel like shame or sadness or fear or anger. They also become detached from joy. They Mm -hmm. also become detached from creativity. Desensitized, basically. And you'll see a lot of fives, if they're, you know, definitely a five, you're going to see a lot of them walk through life very monotone, Mm -hmm. very blah. Mm -hmm. And for some of the, you know, very outwardly expressive types, like like me, a type eight, who's a very, you know, aggressive type, I just want to be like, look, enjoy something, Mm -hmm. get mad about something, Mm -hmm. be sad about something, feel something. And for a fives, you're missing out on a lot of experiences in life because you're stuck in your head. Right. And you're kind of just going by them.
0: Yep. Next, I would say make an effort to channel your nervous energy. Um, Fives can be so extremely intense that it becomes hard for them to relax and unwind. So the Enneagram Institute actually recommends four type fives, that meditation, yoga, and jogging are all great ways to do that, to channel that nervous energy and to find that thing that allows you to relax and unwind.
1: And all of these things are things that are going to make you feel yeah. more, they are going to yep. make you feel your body more. They're all forms of grounding yourself physically. Yep. Um, you know, obviously a workout's going to, you're going to feel pain because you're going to get tired and meditation. You're supposed to feel everything. Mm-hmm. It's It's you tuning in with where you're at. Yep.
0: And then lastly, find one or two intimate friends who you trust enough to have connection. It can be easy not to trust others or want to open up emotionally, but every person in life needs someone that they can have an intimate connection with. And I think you and I noticed that with the fives in our life, they tend to be those type that only have, you know, one or two really, really close friends. And that's okay you know, it's okay that a type five isn't the social butterfly that has all, you know, five best friends, you know. Um, But yeah, I would really encourage, you know, find one or two people that you can really have that intimate, deep connection with.
1: And I also encourage you when you stumble upon conflict or a new challenge or a new obstacle, don't run to your place of safety. Fives have this way of creating that almost like castle walls. Where you know they can't get through to a five. You can't you can't get through to a five. You're not going to be able to feel a five. You're not going to be able to communicate to a five when they enter that safety spot. I encourage you to stay out of that safety spot. Challenge back when you're angry. When you're sad, address your sadness. When you're scared, figure out what's making you scared and attack it rather than always retreat back. You're the first to wave the white flag and you're the first to run backwards. Go against that. Push forward and lean into your eight. Eight's the challenger, which we're going to talk about in a couple weeks, where you're going to challenge things. You don't let things push you back. They're the last to retreat. So it's funny that the five's growth number is the complete opposite of what it normally right. does. So next week, we'll be diving into the type six. And Laura, that's actually your type. So we have a lot of experience with a type <laughs> six. Um, all the goods, all the bads. And uh, especially ways to improve. Obviously doing this, we've researched ourselves probably the most yeah, um, and each other for our marriage. So join us next week as we talk about the type six.
0: Thank you so much for joining this week's episode. We hope you've learned something new that you feel challenged and leave inspired.
1: If there's a part of this episode that stuck out to you, be sure to screenshot the podcast, post it on Instagram, and tag us in it. Let us know what captivated you.
0: Speaking of Instagram, we would love to connect with you and make sure that you're one of the first to know of our new episodes and exciting updates. You can follow me at It's Lara Stevens.
1: And I'm at the period Nate Stevens. If you found value in this podcast, remember to leave us a rating or review. This will allow others to see what they can benefit from this podcast as well. Join us next week as we continue to live a life beyond the norm.